Ready? I'm ready. Go, 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 go. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm Josh Sigmund. And I'm Bryn Rouse. I'm a mortgage guy with a passion for money, business, and elevating my game. Bryn is my co-host. She's my friend and marketing director for my mortgage team. That's right. I'm a marketing girl, a mama of three, and wife of one. And like Josh, elevating life, business, and relationships, well, it's my jam. This season's topic, elevate your game. What do you want? Do you want to push personal limits, find joy, be more present? Be a better parent, have a sexier marriage, make more money, save more money, start your own business, develop a hobby, or strengthen important relationships? Impact the world, be a better boss, or create a stronger business? Then you are ready to elevate. And this is the place to do it. Are you ready? Sigmund Sense Season 3, Elevate Your Game. Welcome back. Welcome back. Sigmund Sense, working on the uh, more ideas and elevation. And today we want to work on a lighter segment, a shorter segment for those of you guys that only have about 30 minutes of time uh, to work on how to elevate accountability within your team I or like your company. I like that you think el- uh, accountability is light. Hell yes, it is. Uh, That's funny. I did, I, I, okay, this is another way to say it. It's an easy concept. It's hard, difficult to do, right? Yes. Um, but what I do think we've done a good job of with it was with the five things we identified. It really becomes really clear about what's needed yes. uh, to have an accountable culture in general. Yes. Um, and what might be lacking from your small business, large business, you know, sales team or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that statement? I do agree with that statement. Okay, but before you go further, you have to subscribe and like. That's right. And uh, and check us out on other channels. If you're listening, you can watch us. If you're watching, you can listen to us. Yes, um, for sure. But sure. how do you want to start this off? Let's start starting with number one, I guess, right? I mean, that's typically where we would start. Um, so the first way we have to elevate accountability on your team or in your environment is to understand the uh, differences of A, B, and C players. Oh my God! So under, uh, under uh, <laughs> the the lack of understanding here is immense to me. So do you yeah, want me it's to pretty just, crazy. It is. Well, it's, how do you define like what would you say the general definition of an A player is? What would you say the general, not for our standards, but if you go to any place and you and you talk to some employee and they think that they're an A player because mm. damn everyone thinks so they're an A player. So show, shows up on time, cool. does their job, cool. Um, and can be counted on. Um, cool. They're reliable. Yep. And so to me, that's a B player. Yeah, 100%. And that's the problem. So I think a lot of you, so you might even be thinking you're listening to this and you want to raise. B players don't get raises very often. Mm-hmm. Just be clear about this, okay? So said a different way, um, they, a B player absolutely does their job. They do it in the time that's allotted. They show up and leave when they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a B player. Okay, so that what, goes back to basic expectations of yeah. of the job. Well, which just is, think about is, the, and the, I, and the job also, duties are met. Period. Yeah, and it, this is not a bad thing either, no. right? So most companies need at least, I'd say, seventy percent B players to function. Yes. Right. Yeah. So this is not a negative thing whatsoever. Yeah. I want to um, quantify this. The B player is paid and gets exactly what they're worth. There you go. So let's say it that way, like uh, because we know this because there was a when they interviewed for the job. There was a set of job duties with a salary attached. Yeah. This is worth this. That's what a B player is. Make sense? Yep. Okay. So then what what is the differentiator between a B player and A player? So the differentiator is the differentiator between a B player and an A player is the A player 
does something almost daily to wow their boss or the client or the client absolutely something that is over and above absolutely consistently yep all the time (laughs) so i want you to think about this so maybe you are the b player and you're like oh my god i just got slapped in the face and this is good to listen to so um just because your company has done it one way forever doesn't mean that the company assumes it's the best way so you might have come from a different job doing the same thing with a different system that system might be more efficient and so while you're doing your job every day, you might start integrating some other system or or portal or, or a making checklist. A new, making a new spreadsheet. Making a new spread to make the job more efficient or more productive and bringing that information to the boss. Because as a boss, think about this. You just brought to me something that shows that, that you can do 30% more work yep. in the same amount of hours if we just change this system or I just bought this, yep. this CRM system. I'm in. That's a wow, right? So... What you, what you got to understand is that the above and beyond is the differentiator. The wow is the differentiator between a B player and an A player. Mm-hmm. What I also think what's really shocking for most people to understand is what a C player is mm. and how at risk they are for their job, even when they have moments of brilliance. So what is a C player? How do you define that? So a C player is defined by someone who has moments of absolute greatness only to be followed by moments of absolute disaster. Yep. So inconsistency Mm. is the death of a business, right? Like the reason I hire anyone is for leverage. So I need to know that I can remove this set of jobs from my plate and put it over on somebody else's plate for them to do that job as well or better than me. And I've got to trust that it's actually being done Mm -hmm. because if you, assuming they had great training, right? We'll get that in a second. But if you had the right training for the job, then if I uh, leave you alone, you're finally doing a great job, and I go two, three weeks at a time, and now I can move on to the next agenda item, the next thing to build the business, mm-hmm. only for you to completely drop a turd <laughs> on the business, and I've got to go back. and like That's where micromanagement comes from. Yes. Micromanagement comes from, I can't trust you can't trust to you. do what I hired you to do, yeah. right? So if and you I don't like- I can't wait for you micro- to be on right. again. Like I, you know, right. I can wait for you to like. And it's so frustrating because now I'm yeah. doing, it's double work, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody else is having to double check you all the time if you're that C player, because while you're so good most time and you're really frustrated while you're micromanaged, it's because you're inconsistent, inconsistent, right? So the reason why we started here when it comes to elevating accountability is you can only really hold people accountable. And I, I eventually get to surround yourself with purely self-accountable people. Mm-hmm. By understanding what an A player, B player, and C player is. A C player requires constant management and micromanagement. A B player, you can be, uh, you can have a few team meetings and a few metrics to check in and make sure they're on track because they're going to do what they were told to do in the time that they were told to do it. Mm -hmm. An A player, you can give an idea. And if you give them that idea, they'll probably come up with something better than what the idea was, right? And so, and there's so much trust that comes. There's with so that much too, trust, which is why you know, as um, as a team leader or a manager, it's there is nothing better than having full trust oh, in yeah. someone that is that you've hired to do a job. Yep. Like it is just the word so I've used rewarding. recently is just, I feel safe. Yes, I feel safe. Yes. you know, this person's got my back. This person's got my back, not because of they like jump in front of the bullet, but I know that they're going to do their job at the best of their abilities all the time. Right, right. And whatever decision they make, I know 
it was with the best intentions, best intentions. for both the client or the, yes. and the company. And, and that is true leverage. It. That is yep. true leverage. Yep. And so um, the, I'm going to put the bow on this one uh, because it's really important why this will help out with accountability too is um, when you finally have a team of B's and A's only, then you have the ability to uh, delegate by objective, not by task. Oh, yes. I and that's this. an important piece of this. So let me explain what that is. A delegation by objective is, um, hey, Bryn, uh, I'm thinking about doing this podcast. I've got a lot of things on my mind. I'm not very great at journaling. So uh, what do you, you know, why don't you give me some ideas of how, about how this might look, which was basically a conversation three years ago, four years mm -hmm. ago. And, you know, 30, 60 days later, we can do this. We can rent this studio space. Here's what it would look like. Here's what I found out. Here's how I can open these channels, da 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 da, da. That's delegation by objective. Mm -hmm. Delegation by, tr by task would be, Hey, Bryn, I'm going to, oh, by the way, including coming up with uh, the brand, the songs, the openers, the closers, <laughs> like, I mean, just everything, right? But the, by task would be, hey, Bryn, find me a studio, uh, a studio. Outline the cost uh, for me. Give me, me so the I cost for me. Yes. I want to prove every single contract. Um, I want you to go ahead and, and uh, write some ideas around what we could do, but um, I want to uh, sign off on everything. Right. I don't trust that what you're going to do basically is what I'm saying right. is going to be accurate. Um, a, B, C, D, F, and G in this order. This is what I want. Mm -hmm. So the more you can get away from the delegation by task and go to delegation by objective, if you've really got strong A's and B players, mm -hmm. the further, faster you'll go in any business you've got. So uh, another great thing to realize the difference between objective and task is when I assign a, uh, a ta uh, when I assign something to a team member, I deliver the who, what, when, where, and why um, as objective and leave off the how. Like, oh, I love that. That's a great tip. Yeah, leave off the how. And I explain, especially if it's someone that's newer, um, I'm leaving off the how because I trust you to figure it out. To figure it out. Yep. If you need help, I, I do expect you to come and ask me and I'll, I'll guide you and direct you and give you some, some pointers. But I really think that you've got this. I don't yep. care how it's done. Yep. I just here's the budget. Here's the time frame. Here's what exactly. I want. Here's why I want it. Yeah. So leave off the how that will get you into it. objective, objective territory. What's the second number two. So the second way to elevate your, uh, your accountability on your team is to identify what the minimum standards are. Yep. Um, and stick to them, stay firm with them. So this could be standards of production. This could be- um, Standards of excellence, standards of service. Yes. Um, standards of the core values, the, the all the things. Um, it could be, uh, think about safety standards uh, mm -hmm. for uh, industries. Think about uh, number of units created if you're making widgets. Like what's yep. the minimum expectation and sticking firm to it? Mm -hmm. So I'd like to do this by, okay, this almost goes into your, each person's top three job duties um, in, a, in a sense. So whenever we are coming up with the minimum standards, it's okay, what position are we looking for? So let's say it's marketing. Okay, so what do we need most out of the marketing department? Right. And so if it's leads, leads then okay, then the, the, the minimum standard or the metrics needs to be tied to lead generation. Yep. Now past that, what else do we need? Well, we need new accounts. Okay, right. so let's put a metric in place for that. Yep. So think through exactly what you need. Out of each position. Out of each position. Yep, and so the, the hard part is this. The hard part is uh, when, you, when you create a minimum standard of excellence, 
sticking to it when somebody has a bad week, month, year, or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, what's the there's variance? A whole lot like, of, when do you? There's a real, whole lot of really nice people that still shouldn't have that job, um, that aren't uh, best suited for the job, or that are going to slow down the success or, of the company. Or, you know, it's also a good indicator of, hey, what's going on? Yep. You know, is there something going on personally? Is is there a fundamental training issue that we missed? Yep. Um, did you not understand the the task? Did you misrepresent initi- yourself on your uh, on your uh, resume? Like when we had someone say that they have absolutely taken loan applications before in Encompass and know exactly how to lock, and it turns out that that was completely false <laughs> and funny. had never ever done a loan yep. application ever. <laughs> yep. So here's the point of it, right? So when you have product minimum standards and you hold to it, um, you're raising the bar. So what I yep. believe is. Don't set, like, I, I think so many people, the minimum standard is really like not an acceptable number. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're thinking that's the minimum. Um, I'll just give you an example for my company, right? So Legacy Mutual does mortgages, right? And believe it or not, the average number of loans per loan officer in the nation is only two and a half loans per loan officer in the nation, all companies, all sizes. Um, we literally have a minimum production standard of five, so double the national average, or you're fired, mm-hmm. right? So there's a lot of lovely people that don't work here anymore because they close four a month instead of five a month, but the reality is that that's still better than the national average, so mm-hmm. they're a great employee for somebody else, they're just not a great employer for us. So what I mean by this is that raising the bar ends up vetting out the average, mm-hmm. and it, it what you end up with over time is more of those A players and those A players, the people that you can be more, you can hold more accountable to uh, better production, more widgets, better service because they're hardwired to be more successful than the average person. Absolutely, which then plays to the core values, oh, right? Yeah. Those people are more in line with core values because legacy is really big on coachability, being coached, wanting to dream big, wanting to push yourself further, how to grow a team. And there's lots of things in place to support all of that. So if you're someone who is um, uh, wired that way, then you're going to get over that five loan per month threshold pretty quickly because the resources are there. And then it goes to like, we are experts at mortgages. And the way you become an expert at mortgages is to do a lot of them. Yep. So you can't claim to be an expert in mortgages and carry the same and business card if you're closing two deals a month. You right, just can't. you're not seeing enough. Yep. You're not seeing enough. So, so you're still practicing on clients, <laughs> which is not right. what we're looking for. Right. But yeah, that's that's the idea is you know really being clear about what those minimum standards are and holding to them, but making sure that you're training to them and recruiting to them as well as in order to be fair. And then, um, do you have any um, time variance? Like, if you have someone that comes in and they're they have all the makings yeah, of an so A player, but great, they're doing three a month. Great question. So um, we have a, this is getting into a lot of detail, but just as an example, yes, there should be ramp up periods that have been accomplished before. Yeah. So the expectation should be that you can do it. If it, somebody else can if do it, you can do it, right? Once, yeah. So for example, a brand new person on the street that has learned for a year uh, of Legacy University, you know, what mortgages are, uh, by the end of one year, if they want to go out and be a loan officer, great. You have one pass, one month pass. The second month you have to close one, third one, two, okay. fourth, fifth, and sixth, three average, and by and you've got to average five deals a month by the end of the first year, average. There you go. Or, I love you, you're gone, right? And so, um, 
I find that because uh, of those higher standards and people know what they are, that, that we have more successful outcomes, yep. um, which is about holding people accountable. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to have those, hey, you did great, but it wasn't great enough. But that's the trimming the fat and the bottom 10% shouldn't work with your company if you're really trying to grow to the next level, right? Totally. So what's the next one? Okay, so the next one is uh, measurements and a measure. Yep. So this is, there's lots of books. We're going to actually do a whole different segment on dysfunctions and, fun, you know, and functional teams in general. Um, but measurements are key to actually holding anyone accountable because this feeling that you're doing great or this feeling that I'm a good employee matters like nothing to the right. real world, right? So and there's, there's a lot of things that make you feel like you're doing, doing really well. Well, that are just here's the at truth. The the you know, day. there's a lot of people that work 40 hours and get a whole lot of stuff done, and a whole lot of people work 40 hours and don't. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that work overtime and get less done than people that took off two hours early on Friday. Mm -hmm. So if the feeling is is that you're being productive or not, it means shit unless I actually measure right. what that productivity really was. And so uh, you can do this all the way down the road. So just because I'm in the business, I'll give you some examples. An underwriter should be able to underwrite at least two files a day. They should be able to, able to review at least, um, uh, sorry, new files per day. They got to sign off on at least two other files per day that, that might have been resubmitted. You know, we've got a lead measurement for marketers. We got a lock measurement for loan officers. You got, um, you know, maximum numbers of days that a processor can hold a file before it's got to be turned into, pro into the underwriter in the first place. Mm -hmm. So you've got all these actual measurement points that you can tweak, like think about uh, if you're listening, you're, you're sitting in front of the old school uh, telephone system. You can see people pulling out and putting all these pins to connect people across the country <laughs> back in the 50s and 60s, right? And so because you're measuring, if you're trying to improve efficiency or improve output or improve uh, volume or units or profitability, you're tweaking dials. Right. You're not guessing who's working. You're not guessing how, what the feel of the market is. The numbers tell you. And I'll tell you just because the whole reason this podcast started in the first place was to help people with their money. Mm -hmm. You want to find somebody that saves money, I promise you they do a budget. They will outsave everyone that doesn't do a budget. Yeah. People that actually measure the income and the expenses on a monthly basis simply have more than their lifetime. Mm -hmm. P&Ls work the same way. Businesses that measure the input get better output than those people that wing it. And so yeah. measurement is a absolute key to accountability because there's nothing to talk about other than feelings. And we know quite often feelings aren't, uh, aren't reality when it gets to the bottom line. Yeah, it's really a great way to pull people out of the emotion. So we'll just take like a salesperson as an example. Yeah. So you have a minimum number of calls, outbound calls you're supposed to make every week. And so you do that and you do that and you do that but there's no results, results. to show. So then that get, that's the indicator of, okay, so that effort and the activity is there. So what's happening between the effort and the activity and the results? Yeah. And that's for, that's your roadmap. Like, right. okay, so we need to either work on who you're calling or what you're saying or what the initiative or is. Or double checking that you're not lying in the first place, that you're making the calls in the first place. Well, I'm place. gonna go ahead and assume that that's not right. the case. So it's like, but, okay, so But here's what's, the accountability piece, right? Hey, Mr. Yeah. Salesman, like, you, if you call 100 people a day out of the phone book, you're going to get at least a sale every week. I guarantee you, 100 people a day, every every single day, you're going to get a sale a week, no matter how bad your skill set is, no matter how bad your product is you're selling. <laughs> I promise you call 500 Just people, you accident. can sell one. 
by accident. You will accidentally call a cousin that figures out it's you, that you're the long lost cousin, and they'll buy shit from you. My point is, is what Bryn says is right. If you have uh, con- uh, continuing to, tr- if you continue to track numbers over time, yeah. it will just give you the averages. Yeah. So you can get a expected result based on the ex- uh, a specific input. Mm-hmm. And now we can just tweak those dials. Right. And what you said was spot on. What are you saying? Who are you talking to? Mm-hmm. How are you saying it? Right. And if we work on those three things, then we can always improve the results over time. Yeah, for sure. I love that. For sure. What's number four? All right. Number four goes back to um, our core values, which we talked about a lot in the previous episode. Um, so sticking to your core values and how do you reprimand or discipline um, and hold, I guess a better way to say is how do you stay accountable to your core values? Yeah, so I'll, I'll go, I think a better way to say this would be the best laid plans and somebody still fails at their job through results, right? So well how do you hold somebody accountable to those uh, results when they're dropping the ball? Or how do you hold them accountable to core values when they're clearly acting outside of them, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've got a very simple three-step process that, uh, you know, because I'm a nice person. I like my people. I love, I can actually say I love many people on my team. Literally, I love them. Yeah. Um, And so it's really difficult for a lot of leaders to have those direct conversations. It's easier when we're measuring stuff because now the numbers don't lie, right? Right. But uh, what about violations of uh, core values. What about, you know, this person's drama? What about this person is poisoning the well? What about this person is talking shit about a teammate? Yeah, it gets like, really, what do you do? Ooh, what do you do? And so, so muddy and gray. So number one is, uh, whether it's a, uh, you didn't do a job or you're violating core value. The number one thing is to apologize as a leader because, uh, you must not have explained what your expectation was. Yeah, it wasn't so clear. script number one is, um, Brent, I am sorry. Uh, clearly I didn't cover what our core values are. Uh, our core values are solid, serve others, outstanding attitude, learn and grow incredible initiative and dream big. And, um, and uh, the, the you know incredible initiative is super, super important to me. And I know that while you're in this training cycle right now, that there's plenty of hours of every day that it seems like there's nothing for you to do, but you're still a 40 hour a week, a 40 hour a week employee. Mm-hmm. And so you're not gonna sit idly for five hours. Right. So you have three options. You can shadow somebody else. You can read the FHA handbook or you can shadow me, mm-hmm. but you gotta do something and take initiative because we're gonna have a lot of stuff and it sounds like you might be a, a fast study and get through the material faster than I expected, but you gotta have the initiative to go find the next thing and move the needle forward. Does that make sense? Yeah. So my apologies, like, just wanna be re- really clear, you're 40 hours, we're gonna give you what I want you to do, mm-hmm. but if you find extra hours on your, on your, on your side, can you just do me a favor and, and work on that for me? Yeah. Cool, do you have any other questions? No. Is there anything I can help you train on to make sure that, that this doesn't happen again? I don't think so. Perfect. Right? So that's a, that would be well received by any employee, in my opinion. Yeah. It is an unemotional uh, assault on the behavior, yeah. not on the person. Right? So we're talking about the behavior we don't like, we're not ta- and we're talking about solutions and offering training. Because here's what stuff. you're thinking in your head. Why is this person so freaking lazy? Right. How, how the hell do I pay 40 hours a week for, for 10 hours for of work? For this lazy ass. Right. Like, Which is real. But, but it's the, easier because right. remember, we identified the core value. That's the thing. That's, that's where, that's where the core values pull you out of that emotion yep. and make it a much easier yep. conversation to have, especially yep. uh, leaders that are high eyes. Um, oh, yeah. you or know, hired their sister. <laughs> or it's mom. Yes, mom, just, mom do whatever again. You, just do whatever you want. So the <laughs> st- second step, so let's just assume that Bryn is a B or C player. 
And so uh, apparently she didn't listen to my instructions and I caught her again. So sorry, round two, <laughs> round two of this <laughs> reprimand would be, uh, my quote would be, I, uh, or script would be, I'm confused. Help me understand. I, like, it's, it's literally like, this is where you seek first to understand. Because clearly you don't get, get yourself fired. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming you're here for the whole paycheck, I'm not ass- part of it. So when you don't work 40 hours a week, I'm assuming that you don't expect, you know, that you're expecting to only be, be paid 20 hours, right? I'm, I'm joking, but think about that. That's the mindset as I'm confused, okay? So Brent, I'm confused. I feel like literally last week we talked about how this is a 40 hour a week job. I'm gonna give you as much stuff to fill up your plate as possible. But my expectation is, is that you find initiative and find other things to do, shadow other people, shadow me or read the FHA handbook. Mm-hmm. And yet I just found out that you clocked out at 10 o'clock and came back at two o'clock, which is called a very, very, very long lunch. <laughs> so I need to understand what's going on. Um, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> okay, which um, is great. This is what we're probably gonna run across, right? And so uh, it doesn't matter what you say because here's I the deal. I didn't think he would find out. Okay, or whatever other BS or smart thing they can come up with. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, <laughs> mom died and literally she went to the hospital the afternoon and didn't tell me. And I'm like, oh my God, please know that you can tell me that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I am so sorry we would support you in any way. I, I'm, I'm surprised you even came back at two. You should have taken off three days, whatever you need, right? So this is the seek first understand piece, right? But barring that kind of stuff, the real answer is, look, I can't be more clear. I just want to reiterate one more one more time that the job is. I was listening to a is, podcast while I got my hair done. <laughs> <laughs> the job is X. Yeah. The behavior is Y. Do you need another training? Do you need anything else from me? Do you need ideas be, coming up with any ways ideas? to fill your time? Is there anything I can do to help you be successful? Because I really like you and I really want you to keep your job. But if this happens again, the next step will be a write up. Right. So first yeah. step is. I'm sorry. Second I'm sorry. step is I'm confused. Third step, guess what? It's an actual real deal write-up so you don't get yeah. sued, right? So Bryn, uh, I'm sure you know why we're meeting today. <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and put this in front of you and you're gonna <laughs> sign this because this is your first and final or whatever your state allows. But that is the correct progression for keeping a teammate accountable, keeping yes. a business accountable is at some point the rubber has to the road, but creating a process yes. that's not dependent on how pissed you are this time versus how much you like this person versus which sounds super fe- simple right. and it is so it's, it's so a co- little difficult and that's why you gotta do this up front yes. what is your process what yes. is your system to hold people accountable and talk about it up front so when we actually started doing this we had one meeting at that time we said hey guys this is what's gonna happen moving forward I don't want to have any pettiness. I don't want right. there to be any favorites. Like this is what we're going to do from now on. Yeah. And you just have to commit to nipping stuff. You just have to, you have to, because what's going to happen is you get to a point that you've avoided it because you didn't want to deal with it. You didn't have time. And it's so much worse. And then you want to like in your mind, it's time for them to be fired yet. You can't because do you have no proof that you've even talked to them you about never it? Wrote them up. You never, never wrote them up. Else. And so they're going to come in and be fired and be super fucking lost as to why they're being fired. <laughs> Which is actually, uh, it's a failure of leadership there, in my opinion, yeah, because yes. no one should ever be confused when they're fired. That's not fair. It's not right? fair. So you're telling me that you've been this pissed at me for four months and I never <laughs> knew and you pretended like you love me? Yes. That's bullshit. That's, that's bullshit. That's unkind. Right. That is so, unkind. Uh, and, and I love that that's the word you use because to me, the accountability piece is kindness. It doesn't mean you're going to like it, but right. Bryn, my job is to help you make money to protect your family. So if I'm going to risk you losing money yeah. and losing your job, it me not saying the hard thing is unkind. Yeah. At the it end of the day, unkind. it's yes. unkind. It is. And here's the other thing too. There is such thing as right person, wrong seat on the bus. And so 
what that means is you've got the makings of a really great team member that is in the wrong position. And read Energy Bus about that. Yes. So these conversations could uh, bring to light some of those things. Like, well, the reason I don't look for anything to do is because I think this is the most boring position ever. Like none of this is playing to my strengths. And so, you know, it's really hard for me to find things that I Which means you might be fired or we might find a better place for you. Okay, so but tell me what you don't like about it. Like, what yeah. what is it, you know? And um, so it really does open the door for for good for good conversation yeah. that sometimes it can be recovered. Other times it won't be able to. Yeah. Um, but majority of the time, I think it will fix it. And by the way, last thing on this before we go to number five, number the last piece of the puzzle here is there's lots of conversation about should you be public or private in these conversations mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to holding people accountable. And I would I would say uh, I've learned that it depends on the person, right? Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Most of the time, I would say most people need to be behind closed doors or uh, with a witness, but behind closed doors um, most of the time because uh, um, so many people take up so personally and are embarrassed by a conversation that's abrupt and direct. Especially if you have transitioned to a full team of A players. right? Like it's tough. It's, it's yeah. Tough. Don't call me so, out. And fr- you know, right on the flip side, somebody like me, I've been in coaching and been coached by like really direct people for years and years and years. I'd expect nothing less. I screw up and I, yeah, I, I'll, I I'll take that, the punch. For I think else. that kind of plays to the culture of the team. If you have a culture that people enter into and it's always been, you get called out, then that's kind of what they get conditioned to yep. or they don't <laughs> really quickly. Yep. Um, so true. So I don't know that it can be by person because it would be, so like what's the culture? Culture like, of the team. Culture of the team is that we we reprimand whatever have constructive publicly. So that yeah. just be, people come become very used to that. Yep. But if you're the one, because based on the boss's perception of you, that you can handle being called out, but you're then you're old, the only one. Everybody else. I is digress. Behind closed I think doors. That you, you answered that better than I did. Good for you. I, I agree with that. Absolutely. Thanks. Number five. What is number five? Check on the A player list. Yep. That's right. That's why we're doing this together. That's great. That's right. I can't admit when I'm wrong. I think that was a better answer. I appreciate that. Okay. Number five, the fifth way to elevate accountability on your team is to have great onboarding. Great onboarding. I can't talk about this enough. Onboarding and trading, onboarding and trading, onboarding and training. It is skipped, shortened, abbreviated, uh, not followed through on, meetings canceled. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with way too many teams and companies nationwide, if there the newest is a person good one. starts to train the newest right. person, <laughs> it, it's really it's really kind of a disaster, is it's what you a say. Disaster. And so you can't really expect your company to grow, your team to grow as fast as it possibly can, and maintain the level of service or the integrity of the product, whatever that might be, without significant extra time and energy into processing yeah. the onboarding and uh, training and time under tension, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I th- I'm sure we've talked about this in some of other episode, mm-hmm. but uh, when Bryn started, um, what she does within my space, within our business space, it just hadn't happened. And so literally for six months, <laughs> with a, it's, so awesome. it's cool, right? Like looking back, like it's Trailblazer, I love it. Yeah. So the first six months, Bryn literally was my shadow and she said nothing to nobody. She watched me call people. She went on appointments with me. I made my appointments. I closed the appointments oh, and she was just a shadow. I like had no office. It was literally like a storage closet. Yeah. I mean, she, but you shadowed me, right? I did, yeah, for sure. And so for a full, I mean, imagine clear, this, guys. I'm paying, I'm paying a full-time salary for somebody to do nothing <laughs> to literally do other nothing. than to shadow me for yeah, six months. And then 
The next six months, her job was to set appointments for me. And then we would both go on the appointments, but I would talk and she wouldn't. And yeah. so she was training on the appointment setting. And then the third six months, so we're talking about now years one to one and a half, mm -hmm. she would set the appointment, we would go on it together, she would start the appointments, but if she got in trouble, she'd give me a look or hand it over to me and then I'd finish it out or close it. Yeah. And then the last six months, so we're now years one and a half to two years. Mm -hmm. We'd both go on the appointments together that she set and then I was allowed to say nothing. She would close it or she wouldn't. And if she didn't close it, I wouldn't save her. And on the drive out, we'd be talking. I'd be like, so where do you think you dropped this one? Which is literally the <laughs> hardest thing ever right. to sit so there to not, quietly. But how else do you train somebody appropriately yeah. in sales without letting somebody die on the mm. vine and learn from that experience right. and, and understand what they could have done differently? And so I would say that from that was probably my best training I've ever done personally. 100%. Was the two years with you as an example. 100%. Right? So... Go back to thinking about your boss. So if you're listening, uh, how much time did you get one-on-one -on -one attention like that training for your job with your boss? Yeah. Most people would say the answer was next to nothing. Here's a phone, uh, a week or two, and slowly warm up to things. Mm -hmm. And so if you really want to have a highly accountable team because you set high expectations with A players, yeah. it starts with great onboarding and great training. Which is a commitment. It's a big commitment. Huge commitment. Huge what other commitment. thoughts do you have on that? Um, so great onboarding, I think, looks like everything. It's laying all the groundwork. All the groundwork. So where are they going to sit? Where are they going to, what are they going to do? What their job is. What the logins are. What the logins are. Where the bathroom is. What, what the breaks are. Yeah, what they're going to do every day for 30 days. Um, it shows a lot of professionalism um, and we're shows investment. Yeah. And we're told we're adding to our onboarding checklist, like as recent as yesterday. I'm like, this is something I miss every single time somebody is onboarded. Katie, can you help me add this to a checklist? Like I'll do the work. If you can add it to your master checklist and just say, Hey, it's Love time it. to upload, you know, update the team sheet. I miss it every freaking time, every time. Um, so yeah, just being showing them that you are, I mean, you're on your A game. I think yep. so that's a really good precedent. And be clear, like this takes work and it takes time. There has definitely been moments where people are starting and we're like, um, okay, uh, so where should we put them? And that's where an onboarding <laughs> checklist starts. Exactly yes. right. Um, yeah. So, But here's the idea. The whole idea of this small segment was to get a, a framework of what's required long term to create a, a very good functioning, highly accountable team. And some of these things might take you years to develop. Some things you can change in a moment yeah. just by making a choice that from now on, my minimum expectation is blank, period. Yeah. Um, and if you're about to, if you just started onboarding somebody two weeks ago, maybe you need to go back and do a little bit of work and tighten things up a little bit. But Yes, and also ask for feedback. That's a, where we've gotten yeah. a lot of our ideas too. Always. Is, um, when you do onboard somebody on like month two or three, circle What can back. we have done better? Yeah, what can what, we do what, what order should we have done things? What should mm -hmm. we change? But. Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, yeah, please like and subscribe us once again. Absolutely. So uh, subscribe to us. Um, and then also don't forget to check out our uh, Short Sense page, which is the best three to eight minutes of every episode for a little bit of a shorter digestion of your daily content. So thank you so much for listening. And we'll, we'll see you see next you time, guys. Have a good one. Cheers.